Hi, I'm Chris Reid, founder and CEO of sustainable battery materials producer, Near Metals. Hello. How are you, Matt? Not too bad, not too bad. Um, thought we'd catch up because you're doing the rounds in Europe and you've popped over to see some investors here in London as well. Yeah. How's it all going? Happy bunnies? Yeah. Oh, look, I don't know if I would have said happy bunnies. I mean, look, the general high-level macro is not the greatest. It's not. But, you know, look, we're, we're over for Primobius business, board meetings. We've come this far. You've got to come into London and yeah. tell everyone, give them the latest updates that we gave the shareholders at the AGM. It all seems to be like happening quite quickly at the moment. So obviously you've seen the press release um, on Prime Mobius. Yeah. I know you expected it, but it's kind of good news to the market. How have your sort of institutional shareholders received that message? Yeah, I mean, look, um, everything's starting to come to a head at Prime Mobius. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're starting to implant more staff in there. Uh, we've got our head of recycling and head process engineers for that, mm. relocating to Germany, starting to build Promobius up as a separate uh, operating company, putting all the systems in place. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's really starting to get a good head of steam. It's a good head of steam. And also your name, uh, bouncing around Germany a lot at the moment. You've got a, you've got a, you've got a few things going on. Obviously, we saw yeah. the big Mercedes um, headline earlier in the year yeah. um, um, and with the Lickula. How are we pronouncing Yeah, Licula is the, yeah. the recycling um, special purpose vehicle. Uh, absolutely. And now with Prime Mobius of, of, off and running, um, making a bit of a name for yourself here. So the Aussies are in London on AIM. What's the plan in Germany then? So in Germany, the, the stock trades on the German exchanges. Right. Okay. You know, so um, you don't have an official listing, but it's listed there. Right. Uh, you know, our probably second largest group of shareholders are German. Right, you can, the Deutsche Börse runs its own sort of shadow chess register, share register, mm -hmm. called Clearstream. So I mean, we can track them. I mean, they're good shareholders, right? Yeah. So whenever you've got an announcement about you know something in Primovius or something in Germany, you, you get a good pickup. They actually turn over more stock than they do in London. So. That's great. To death. I, want to, I want to talk about the, what next for Primovius, right? Because obviously now now we're you're clear who your partner. It, partner is and the fact you're going to be doing it together you're you've committed to that they've committed to that equitably in terms of the, cap, the capital com, contribution yep. component so and uh, does that put a strain on the rest of the the business now and how, how do you kind of manage your contribution uh so look you know essentially we're still scaling up hilkenbach putting on a third mm. shift now we're running a dedicated trial for mercedes this week and next okay um and then we're going to be offering them the spoke plan agreement in the march quarter right the hub plan agreement in the june quarter uh and then we've obviously got to start constructing that in the second half of the year so that's the 10 ton spoke up to a 10 ton integrated and then we start that r d collaboration with them the next step is obviously the 50 ton spoke so we're busy on the engineering for that and then the guys at Stelco are running all their commercial approvals, all of that sort of stuff in parallel. We expect to offer them a plant supply agreement in the June quarter. Once we do that, that triggers that 30-day window where we've got to buy into the joint venture. Right. So let's, get, let's talk about the money side of things. So what does it commit you to? I know you've got a bunch of cash sitting there yeah. at the moment, so you can, you, you're kind of good in a very, very meaningful way. Yeah. But you'll want to finance this thing. You'll want to 
maybe get fresh money in and obviously things moving forward it will allow you to do that right people can feel confident they can sort of see the cash flows or near-term cash flows right so what are you doing about it where's the money going to yeah go? look so primobius is making small cash flows out of hilken bark now so primobius if it were to have 50 percent equity in the stelco recycling joint venture you'd be up for about half of 100 million us right 50 million us we would have to put in 25 million us over that 12 month right construction right so i mean like you say we've got plenty of money on the balance sheet we can ring fence money mm -hmm. but we do want to make sure that we maintain a strong balance sheet so that we can get into joint exactly. ventures three you know two three four yeah, but the money you've got at the moment is kind of enabling money, right? You can yeah. you can start projects and initiatives, and you know sign up yeah. uh, partners because that whole partnership model is like, quite interesting to me. Yeah. It's something you're replicating a lot here. But just remind people, certainly your shareholders, again, well, hang on, they're not going to burn through my uh, the, the, the kind of that ca that enabling cash. They're going to have to go and get money. Sure. Is it going to come from here in Europe or the you know Aussies? So look, for the from? battery recycling, we expect that the first plan will have to be equity funded. Right. Okay. Uh, so the decisions around the entirely funding, equity funded. Well, the first spoke for sure. Okay. I mean, it'll generate sales out of the black sure. mass while you then go in to build the hub. You could look at debt funding for that right. later on. Um, but certainly, why, equity why, funding why later on? Because if, you, if you're looking, at, if you're able to say, well, there's this, this, there's some revenue flows there, and as we build these things up, the revenue flows will get bigger. And you know, I think we were talking before camera started rolling about um, the fact that Europe is initiating all of these, ma these mandates on battery manufacturers, car manufacturers. They've got, they're going to hit some big, big targets, and the numbers today compared to what they're going to need to be massive. So there's a big tidal wave of, of, of demand coming. Yeah. Why can't you use that to get debt now? Why do dilutory equity? So you've got technology risk. So right. you, you, you don't find, until you have your larger plants running, up and running, so yep. you, you know, um, the banks are just not prepared to take risk on new technology for gotcha. the first plant until it's operating at steady state and they've got line of sight on the cash flows. Right. But conceptually, we're taking a 10-ton money-making business and making it 50 tons, mm. then putting on the integrated refinery to get the next step right. up in earnings and then to replicate that. Right. Um, so, you know, our funding requirements are going to be mid-next year. Okay, and, and so you're siloing all of these projects. They're under, obviously... Yeah, metals, metals. but they're, they're silos, so the cash is protected. Yeah, I mean, look, we invest like you would invest, and you rank them on your, the return on invested capital. Mm. So within the portfolio, um, you know, the battery recycling has the highest return on investment capital. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the vanadium recovery project, because they're at similar sort of stages. Yeah. The Eli process is sort of a 25, 26 FID, so it's a couple of years behind. Okay. Uh, Barambi, depending on how you wanted to develop it, um, you could be in production in a year or two. Um, you know, at a, that project's at a similar stage that we did with Widgie Nickel. So we had yeah. all the nickel assets, fantastic base, granted mining leases. And so it needed two years and about 20 million bucks to take it to yeah. being ready to press right. the button. Right. So what we did is we demerged it, did an entitlement issue, and gave it a new life, and and so that's gone really really well for the near metal shareholders. You know, their twenty six, their twenty cent stock has hit sixty something this yeah, year, and yeah. sitting at about I don't know thirty six or thirty seven cents yesterday. So they've that's done well. Barambi, it, it's 
titanium is not really a battery material. Mm. It's a fantastic asset. The Euros guys put out a really good research note on mm. what Barambi could be worth. Yep. Um, and it, the shareholders own all of them. So, you know, I, uh, me personally, I can't see why we couldn't do a Widgie Mark II right, okay. with Barambi. Now, Eli, like I said, sort of two years away from having to put any real big money in it. Okay. Um, the Vanadium Recovery Project, obviously we're earning 50% yep. of that. That'll soon um, be crystallised. The investment decision there is 30 June. We, we've appointed a, a debt advisors and investment bank up in Scandinavia. They're working through with uh, the EIB and the NIB, you know, through the project yeah. funding process. That would then drop out how much equity we've got to raise for that. That's right. a that's a Scandinavian special purpose vehicle. Yeah. And you know, for projects where you're producing a battery material from waste while you're capturing and sequestering yeah. carbon ticks in the tailings, yeah. it ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah. So, you know, Europe has a lot of green funds. Yeah. Debt and equity, same as London, you know. Yeah. Um, hence why we're Essentially, um, okay. Well, there's a nice little round of all the other projects. But today, today, Primovius, please. There's there's a, there's a few things that I want to uh, would like you to kind of share with us in terms of where you get comfort from. Okay, yeah. one technology. You referenced it earlier. Technology. You're, you're a hydrometallurgical uh, process, but the bulk of uh, companies install capacity are pyrometallurgical yep. companies, right? So that, there's going to need to be a change there. And I guess you put yourself in, in a good position, te yep. technology-wise. Two, I reference the, the scale of what's coming down the line, the, the, the demand side of things. And, and yep. a three, it's, it's not that far away. It's a couple of years away, which I guess does you a favor in terms of hopefully the economy does do Improve. something, <laughs> right? Uh, between now and then, and also in terms of FID, it, it kind of helps you, right? So yeah. just on the, on those three things, where, where, where are you at? Yeah, so certainly. So in terms of the technology, I mean, obviously we're mm. a, we're an early mover into yeah. this space. So you know, we do regular freedom to operates of our technologies. They're going through the national phase patents so you know you essentially start very very broad claims and narrow them down mm. um, so we find ourselves in a pretty good position mm. with respect to to our ip yeah um competitors we need competitors you know so sort of overlapping into the second part but why do you need um, them? why do you say that we need them well you What's need to DPA? service the market it's when you don't service the market or right. enough people then start looking at other things Right. And we want to make sure that they're always looking at lithium batteries. Right. Because there are solutions to recycle them and close the loop. Okay. Yeah, we've got to meet the market, what the market okay. wants. So, you know, in, you know, the current installed capacity in Europe for, for recycling, mm. pyromet and hydromet, 100 to 110,000 tons. Okay. Right. Of which 3,000 tons is hydromet recycling. Oh, wow. So it's not a lot. The total addressable market in 2026, we estimated about 350,000 tonnes. Who's going to build the capacity? So then, you know, I, I noted in the Barclays report this week, you know, Umicore, they got in there by 2026, they'll have a 150,000 tonne plant. Mm -hmm. uh, Hydrovolt, which is North Vault and North Hydro, yeah. 125,000 by 2030. You know, and I have a look at them and I'm like, okay, well, that's, that's great. In our business models, where we operate as principal, they're genuine competitors. But yeah. these guys are going into recycling because 
they use the end products for their downstream right. business. Right, different strategy. And so, needs. you know, Unicor right. okay. are in recycling because of their cathode business. They're the world's best cathode, biggest yep. cathode producer outside of China. Right. Big plants here. For every ton they don't get from recycling, yep. they've got to go into the market and fight for it. North Vault, they're a cell maker. Yeah. Right? But to feed the cell making ambitions, you've got to have the products. Yeah. Right? So... These guys aren't doing it because they want to become recycled. They have to become recyclers. And so that's our principle. They would be competitors. And even joint ventures, they would mm. potentially compete. Interesting. But you can't pick up the phone. If you're a car maker and you're going to have a million tonnes of cells that need to be shredded at some stage and processed and say, you know what I need you to do? I need you to build me plants and license me the technology. And because they're not in that business, right? Where that's one of the unique selling propositions for us is that we've actually got a partner who's a plant builder and wants to build more plants and wants to build bigger plants. You can come to us in the nascent stage now. We get paid at Hilkenbach. Hilkenbach's full for next year, cornerstone by a German car maker. That's not Mercedes. We'll still be doing some Mercedes batteries, but... You know, we okay. have batteries from all the German car makers at Hilkenbach. Right? Okay. So, but you can't ring the, you know, like we're saying to them, actually, what we can do is we can provide a disposal service when the volumes are small. When you want to become cell makers, we can build the 50 ton a day plants in a joint venture. And then for the really, really big plants, we can go into plant supply and licensing. So we've designed the business to make less money per unit of throughput for the volumes to go up and most importantly for us, our return on invested capital. So every plant that we build is principal, yeah. we're going to pay 100% of the capex. For every one that we do as joint venture, we put in half as much. Mm-hmm. Then when we do plant supply and licensing, and these 500 ton plants could be a billion dollars. That's yeah. too much off the balance sheet. Yeah. So if we're doing plant supply and licensing, we're not putting in capex. We're actually making money on the plant and we're getting royalties. Yeah. So we've got a number of royalties that are out there, 10% gross sales royalty. They'll be very attractive. There's eight income streams. The top five yeah. of the basket of goods are nickel, lithium, cobalt, copper, aluminium. You can hedge those on the LMA. So if you've got a 500-ton plant for a car maker, right, and you're getting that royalty, mm. what's that worth? No, that, that, that's, that's fascinating. I, I don't appreciate that, that aspect yeah. of it. Um, so, so we're exploiting our exclusive access to those plants. Well, so well it's, it's, it's kind of like a land grab. In a, in, a, in a way, but it, in, in yeah, terms yeah. Of it doesn't, it won't cost you as much for that land growth. You do need the competition, I get it, and there'll be lots of drivers from, from you know, Unicor, I've got a different driver from from you yeah. and different needs from you. Um, and, I, and I think to, to one of the points you made, we're seeing sort of um, OEMs kind of moving into securing supply by going direct to miners, and I yeah. can sort of see, obviously, recycling is a big component, regulated. Well, you can see Glencore going into Lysicle. Oh, right. Okay. So there's, I think that the whole um, ecosystem is going to change. Ownership's going to change. Yeah. And, and you know, relationships will, will be formed um, to meet, meet those needs. So I think that's fascinating. But I want to come back to the, something you said earlier with regards to the, the technology. Obviously, Paramet 
huge part of the, the market at the moment, your, your hydro mat. So you do have a sort of competitive advantage in the sense Look, that it's going to move that recoveries, way, right? lower carbon footprint, that sort of stuff. Right. That's coming into legislation. But right. More, but moreover, it's more in, you know, in, in spirit with the, the tailwinds of ESG. Sure. I do, do you know ESG, tailwinds, I'm not sure the tailwinds are as strong as they were. I think what they represent and the words themselves, but in terms of that kind of overlay of, it, was, it felt like a little bit synthetic over the, over the past year. So it's important. And there's again, a cost to do it. There's a cost no, to do no, it. No, no that's doubt. not the argument. I think it, the argument was funds rebadging themselves ESG to kind of look green. They're greenwashing themselves. But the people actually delivering the, the, the true meaning of it, yeah. absolutely essential. Needs everyone. People need to be held accountable and to higher yeah. standards, all that kind of good stuff. So, the, the ESG towers do do help, and I know you got your green accreditation, didn't you? Yeah. Really? Was it last week? We did last week, yeah. and then last uh, last month. So, and does it mean our... something? What does it mean? So, what does it mean? And well, it's easier to get in the doors of the green funds, right? Because you've got a third party endorsement of your, right. your business model. I think you know we got our maiden MSCI. ESG rating mm. uh, based off our 2021 sustainability report. We've got a maiden triple B. Now, right. most companies don't get actually rated. Right. Um, and so, off our 22 uh, sustainability report, I know Jeremy's working closely and seeing mm. if we can't get that, um, that upgraded. That'd, that'd be nice. So, do, do these funds get uh, accredited? I'm, I can't speak authoritatively about that. <laughs> Sorry, I, I don't know. Everything. I I I, I, kind of, I I think it ha that hasn't helped, and certainly the SEC is picking up on that, which is yeah. great. Uh, but back, back to you. So in, in terms of that kind of um, taking advantage of that competitive advantage, I can sort of see that that why that model for you in terms of the royalty component or just you know taking parts of businesses and doing yeah. that kind of land grab. More is better. Absolutely. Right? So for every fifty tons, and then. What's coming is, is, is I want to work out. What's yeah, coming? so I mean, look, we're, in terms of targeting the customers, mm. car makers, because they're most likely to be 500 tonne per day plant customers. Yeah. Yep. Cell makers, because they're most likely to be 50 tonne a day. Mm. Waste aggregators that we're dealing with now mm. are, the, are the smaller volumes, right? So our scale up from 10 to 50 to 500 yep. over the next five, six, seven years. And for every spoke, you're going to need a hub for every car maker that takes a 50 ton spoke and a 50 ton hub in time for end of life mm. is going to need a 500. So that's how we're prioritizing, you know, mm. essentially the order book. Okay. US, US massive market, massive opportunity. Europe's, you know, as big and you're already there. How do you focus your time and attention? Because again, they, they, I think there's pros and cons for each market. So yeah. So the Stelco, um, SPV, you know, mm. they're responsible, you know, their sites, procuring right. the feed, you know, right. we, we come in and form a, a joint venture company to, right. to commercialise it, right? Mm. Um, we don't have a similar deal like that in Europe, mm. right? So for Europe, we've got our own 10-tonne plant. We're looking at a 50-tonne plant. We would only build it when we've got either a partner mm. to a fantastic long-term yep. contract to underpin it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a, as you would expect, you know, phenomenal interest from everyone, um, cell makers, car makers, waste aggregators. Mm. And then you've got people that supply battery materials into Europe, 
right? So like mining companies mm. saying, these new battery rigs, yeah. I have to have minimum recycled content. Amazing. And all of my customers yeah. are pushing me to lower carbon. Like I need to recycle. Yeah. And and I'm like, wow, mining companies want to become recyclers, so they've got recycled content so they can sell to the battery makers or their supply chains, you know. I'm just like, wow. Well, this is a really, really dynamic. I, I think it's industry. amazing. It, look, we, we're, we operate in a very small market, quite frankly, yeah. but uh, the fact that miners are going to have to be urban miners too is. Wow, what a, what a, what a change! Yeah, and I hope I mean, it's just not a PR thing. I hope it's like no, real. no. These are these are in the battery rigs. Yeah, um, but you can ask any commodity trader. All of their customers that are wanting, you know, battery materials are saying, "I need to know the carbon footprint. I've got to put stickers on the cells and the cars for the carbon yeah. footprint." Yeah. If you don't know your carbon footprint, I can't buy a few. Yeah. Actually, from twenty thirty, I need recycled content. Ten percent in twenty thirty. Yeah. That will that will. To, to achieve that in Europe, you will need to recycle every battery in Europe. In 2035, they're doubling it. Talk about creating a rod for your own back. And then we talked about the capacity. The size of the opportunity is really unparalleled. So, you know, we have a look at, um, and you can have a look at the AGM presentation. And in the slide that's around the Hilkenbach spoke. I've got, you know, why we're there and why we're trying to get a market penetration. Yeah. In Europe, by the end of 2030, there was there will be 600 billion euros worth of recoverable material in cells. Okay. Right? Okay. That's the equivalent of more than 300 million ounces of gold. Yeah. And each ton of those batteries is equivalent to four to five ounces to the ton. That's so dude, you just need so that's what's out there, yeah. right? It already exists above ground, and we've just got to build processing plants for them. Nice. Otherwise, they sit there without the processing plant. So it's just, and, 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 and growing, so the value of material sitting in the batteries in 2030 per annum is growing at 100 billion. So when, when do governments get involved with this? Because governments are making promises to the public about what will be in terms of whether it be net zero or you know the the whole EV economy, do they do they step in? I mean, I know there's a various grants and yeah, look, tax incentives, etc. And the IRA in the US and stuff like cash because yeah. you need to build actual plants now. You need to start now. It seems, yeah. and it's just or it seems to be well, moving too slowly. That was why we partnered with SMS. Yeah, it was like let's look at the trends. Number of electric vehicles, they need batteries. 10% or between 10 and 20% is scrap. Mm. Early, early feed for the 50 ton plants. And then on a lag basis, mm. you've got the end of life. And we're like, okay, well, we can see where the resources are and we can see where the mines are and arguably the better mines already in production and then they're mm. developing the next tiers and blah, blah, blah. And then we looked down the other end and thought, there's no one down there. I know. Right? We're spending so much money to put all of these exotic materials in these batteries. Yeah. Let's just work at unpacking. So the recycling gives you battery purity products for the next life, lowest carbon footprint, lowest point in the cost positions. It's just a matter of scale. 
Like I don't want to be going doing one project and then get another engineering company and start to build one. So we've got a cookie cutter approach. Like the SMS guys, you know, 10 ton plants, you know, perhaps I can build five of them a year. Right. 50 ton plants, perhaps I can build three of them a year. 500 ton plants, maybe we're doing one a year. Right? Yeah. Because they're big capex spends. You know, so it's fantastic and having a partner that's got Fourteen and a half thousand employees and production facilities in Germany, the US, India, China. You just yeah. need to go and sign up sign up contracts with more people, don't you? Well, Easy. I mean, how many it's car easy. makers and cell makers do you need? Well, uh, you, if you've got two 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 volume car makers hmm. and one volume cell maker and some waste aggregators, you know you're going to have to build hubs spokes mm. and then bigger hubs and spokes then you start working out you know how much can i build i mean even if we're wildly successful like a penetration rate because the market would be so big it's not a, a winner takes all right so let's get let's get back to the bit that your shareholders be interested in which is yeah. right so, so that's cracking on nicely well well yeah. done promovius well, well done all the other ventures and you give us you've given us the time frames and we understand the strategy and the cookie cutter approach that thing so how does that benefit the mothership right and yeah. what what's the, what's your expectation around the time at which value will be a you know a creative growth suggests slow growth yeah. but will there be little jumps little step ups so I think once you give the tools into the market so we, we can yeah. we, we've got enough tools in the market to value the 50 mm. ton spoke you will have the 50 ton hub in the June quarter. And then it's really, okay, for each time we announce a deal or a series of plants, you'll be able to add the put, value. Put a number on it. You'll be able to put a number on it. Okay. So, you know, you, you could go by, what do you think the penetration rate might be on the total addressable market? That's one way typically for technologies. DCF, NPV, you know, based on the plants that yeah. you announce peers, peer metrics. But well, that's a tough one as well, right? And I remember this conversation with you about two years ago. Okay, right. People just don't know how to value. They're not sure who your peers are, not sure how to even value those peers. Most of them are private companies. Yeah. And I think you as a company, you as a CEO, need yeah. to be able to help people go, right, these are the things that are important to look at. And here's how one could look at valuing each of those components. Maybe the sum of the parts is a bit easier to work sure. out because right right now it's been a sort of, it's a difficult market as well, so it also makes things a little bit and and look some of the analysts gray, so we've got right? we've got a couple of analysts right um, that cover us so we've got Tyler, how are they doing Tyler it? at RBC, uh, we've got Trent at uh, Euros and Jean Marc at, at Sencos right yeah so um, if you have a look at fifty ton spoke fifty ton hub five hundred ton spoke five hundred ton hub the ten ton ones are, you know not really massively moving the needle. Let's call it a pilot. So, so you can value those on a 100% equity basis, make yeah. some assumption. Then you can work out what a joint venture is worth and what near metals equities in that, yeah. right? And then what you've got to do is you've got to flip that over to, if they're doing plant supply and licensing, mm. what does a 10% GSR generate? So when you have a look at it, we were hard rock miners. Despite having fantastic assets and earnings, have a look at what the big mining companies trade on as a PE. Yeah, they're, but, they, but, they're, but, but they're, they, not, they're not double digit, right? No. If you're integrated and you're producing battery chemicals, yeah. you're well into the double digits, right? 10 or 20 times, right? And then if you have a look at royalty companies, 
good royalty companies, 40 to 50, in a boom, 100. So, I mean, for us, it's about getting a PE. So putting those earnings on our balance sheet, right. having that transparency. So Primobius, we don't consolidate it. Yeah. But the performance, the statement of performance, so the P&L and the balance sheet will appear in the near metals accounts okay. as notes, just like we did with Mount Marion. Okay. That's, that's interesting. But, but I think the, the slight unknowns in, in that, and that's where yeah. we need your help, is like when people are talking about a mining company, it's like, well, we don't know what the geology is going to give up because we can't see it. So there's yeah. a kind of blue sky expectation, hope, hopium uh, component to that. Whereas you can talk about what's happening at the surface in terms of the addressable market, yeah. your expectation of what percent of that you can grab and what the, the value of that is. Yeah. But there's also, I think, a little slight nervousness of, well, that's the trend now. Will this thing keep going? What are the drivers which are going to show for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, however long it goes on for? Oh. This will be... Real, yeah. Revenue I mean, will the, continue. The reason, the reason, yeah. you know, even if you stop, even if you stop producing cells today, mm. yesterday's production is going into cars that'll come back in ten years. Okay, you got a great runway. It's not like your raw body just truncates. So it's just coming, right? Okay. All the gigafactories mm. are lithium-ion gig, battery gigafactories. Yeah. Right. And why do you need to do it for the same reason that? we see at the moment is we're struggling to find out where are the raw materials going to come from for all of these batteries. So discoveries are getting harder. Whatever's, yeah. whatever's going into them, mm. you know, recycling, mandatory recycling. That's what the EU battery regs, then you'll find that the US will adopt something similar at some stage in the future and everyone will do it, right? To try to make sure that this keeps going. So Primobius after the Mobius loop, the never ending loop so that we can keep having lithium batteries going on in the future mm. and we can recycle recycled batteries, which is what we're doing now in, in, in test labs, right, with our partners. So then every time you recycle it, you lower the carbon footprint, right? So you're getting something that's much more sustainable. A circular system. We love it. Well, look, let's thank you for the update. No dramas, um, Merry Christmas to you and the family. Merry Christmas. I'm heading your neck of the woods, actually, after, after this. I, I, I won't be so happy to get on to get on a plane and get home this summer. It's like, what is, we're at minus six here. That's crazy. It's, nothing functions in the UK under plus six. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I hope you get back. I hope you avoid all the chaos at the airport, which is coming from... Because we've gone back week. to the 70s as well. We're doing strikes again. Yeah, don't worry. Australia's not immune to them either, right? <laughs> we inherited that off you guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's very, a pleasure. No well, we'll see you soon, okay? Okay, thank you very Cheers. much.